Stuck with a Cowboy for Christmas by Elise Lumenstrife. That's me. For Devon, who taught me how to ride. Your friendship means more than you know. Chapter 1 Zoe packed the last sweater in her bag and zipped it up. Her three-day vacation to visit family in northern Utah had to end early. A storm barreled in from the north and was projected to dump six to ten inches of snow overnight. With flights booked the weekend before Christmas, Zoe had to drive back to Denver that night. Her sister appeared in the doorway to the spare bedroom, her red and green light bulb earrings blinking. Children screamed in the living room, aglow with Christmas decorations and a tree decked with ornaments and family memories. Brielle glanced back at the boys, blonde braids swinging with the force of her movement. No shooting each other over the carpet, only in the kitchen or outside. I don't want sugar melted into the Berber. Zoe chewed a lip, holding in a laugh. The boys' marshmallow gun gifts had wreaked gleeful havoc on the festive house. She didn't regret the purchases for one second. Brielle turned back to her. Are you sure you can't just call in? I made your favorite dessert. She whined, white chocolate cranberry pie? Her sister hummed a note in agreement. Zoe could smell the Lebanon herb turkey legs baking in the oven. She was going to miss Christmas with her family again this year. I have to go to keep my job. I think it's more stress than it's worth, and you need to look for a new one closer to us, Brielle said, planting a hand on her hip. They demand way too much. I mean, you haven't had a holiday off in five years. There's nothing wrong with being a career woman, Brielle cocked an eyebrow, or being a woman. For God's sake, Zoe, Granger practically threw himself at your feet. I have to work when I'm scheduled. If I had taken a lesser job to spend more time with him, I wouldn't have been able to pay my bills. I'd have to live in a cheaper apartment than I already am. But if you're married, you combine income. Zoe zipped up her duffel bag. Granger was nice and handsome, but we didn't have any of the same interests, and he doesn't like pets. The next time I move, I want to be somewhere I can have a couple of them. Not to mention, he kept trying to do everything for me, and I hate that. Her sister entered the room and drew Zoe into a hug. There is a time when working too much harms your health. Every time I see you, you look thinner. And don't you turn that around on me. I've had three kids. Zoe shook her head. I don't have time to eat. When I do have a break, I nap instead. The phone in Zoe's purse rang. A timer went off in the kitchen. Brielle reluctantly stepped back and left the room. Zoe drew out her phone and answered. Hey, Zoe, one more question. Zoe hung her head back. It was one more question with her stand-in, Gracie, 20 phone calls ago. What is it? I've got to replace Fern in the meeting with Mr. Davis, but I don't know what I'm supposed to take in there or say. Part of Zoe was glad she was going back to work, so she'd stop getting badgered on her vacation. All the most recent files are in the December folder. Take Kurt with you from accounting. He can talk numbers while you give product insight. Gracie groaned dramatically. Thank you, Zoe. I owe you. It's okay. I know how stressful working for Eileen is. Call me for anything. Zoe grimaced at her offer, but she didn't want Gracie to mess up too much before she got back. Zoe grabbed her bag and purse, setting them by the front door. She sat on the bench by the hall closet and stuffed her feet into her winter boots. 
Peering through the house, beyond where the boys played, and Christmas lights framed the large picture windows amid holly garland, Zoe studied the darkening skies and the snowflakes beginning to fall. This is a mistake. This isn't safe. Tying the last boot with force, she slipped into her coat and stood. I wanted this vacation. I have to deal with the consequences. Please call me when you get in, Brielle begged, walking over to her while drying her hands on a towel. I still think you should tell your boss to quit being such a lump of coal. Zoe let out a haughty laugh. She's way too intense to be that. Her sister touched her arm. I know you've been working your way to the top since college, but you're not her. What if I want to own a company like her? I can learn here, Zoe defended. And what about who you are inside? What about this Zoe, who helps me cook and plays with my kids? The Zoe that loves to sing Christmas songs off-key with her big sister? Zoe rubbed her forehead, trying to push back a forming headache. Brielle threw the towel over her shoulder and crossed her arms. You never look happy when we video chat. I want you to consider finding work closer. You can stay with us until you find a place. Thanks. I'll think it over. Zoe picked up her bag and slung her purse over her shoulder. Tell Byron I'm sorry I missed him. He'll be sorry too. Boys, come say goodbye to Aunt Zoe. Brielle waved her sons in from the living room. Each child latched onto Zoe for no more than a brief second before tearing away again and sending marshmallows and laughter flying across the room. Zoe barely managed to hug each, but it was enough that she considered changing her mind. They were good kids, and secretly Zoe wished she had a family of her own that could love one another the way Brielle's did. For now, Zoe's purpose was her job, her personal family made of co-workers. Guess it's time. Zoe hugged her sister and opened the front door. Brisk air invaded the warm interior of the house and the top of Zoe's coat. Drive safe, Brielle said. Zoe nodded, not looking forward to climbing in her frozen sedan parked out on the street. Merry Christmas, Bree. Merry Christmas, Zoe. Zoe tossed her bag in the back seat and started her car. With the heater blasting, she scraped her windows, tapped the snow off her boots, and climbed in. The eight-hour drive during dry months turned into 12 during winter months. Zoe set up her Christmas playlist on her phone and planned to stop in Rollins, Wyoming for the night. Her phone rang as Zoe pulled away, interrupting her music. Her sister waved from the open doorway of their modest, single-story house, framing her in gold. Christmas lights drew colorful lines over the eaves and the shrubs out front. Zoe returned her gesture, then picked up her phone. The name displayed was Kurt. Hey, Kurt, what's up? Hank heavens, where did you set that file from Vibrance Marketing, Zoe? On your desk by the abstract perpetual motion thing, like always. It's not there. Zoe frowned as she got on the highway headed through Wyoming. Maybe Gracie took it since she's in charge of that meeting. A weighted sigh came through the phone. Okay, it's been chaos here without you. How much longer until you come back? I'm heading that way right now, but likely won't be in until tomorrow afternoon at the soonest. Snowstorm's coming in. A faint voice carried over the phone, one that made Zoe cringe. Is that her? Kurt hesitated. Don't make me repeat myself. Zoe's boss, Eileen, stated, sounding irritated. 
Kurt, please. Zoe didn't want to talk to Eileen. She was stressed out enough with the snow flying at her windshield as she got on the highway, on highway 80, driving into Wyoming. I have to, he whispered. She's giving me that look. Zoe rolled her eyes. Eileen had an expression everyone at the office knew. Narrowed blue eyes, pinched face, and pursed lips that said she was adding another red mark to the employee's ledger. The phone clicked and Eileen's voice came through the speaker. Did you get me those tickets to New York for the meeting next Wednesday with Legacy Media? They're in your email, ma'am. Zoe replied. Good. Now I need you to run the staff meeting tomorrow. I have to go out for a luncheon and Gracie can't remember a damn thing I tell her. I'm constantly repeating myself. Zoe did her best to shave the edge off of her tone. I can't do that, ma'am. I won't be able to be back that soon. The phone was silent for a long stretch. Why not? I need you here. Taking a deep breath, Zoe gripped her steering wheel tight. I understand that, ma'am, but I'm in Wyoming, leaving my sister's house. Remember? I asked for this weekend off a year ago. And Gracie's new. She's only been with the company for... I don't want to hear excuses. Get here or I'm firing both of you. The line silenced. Zoe pulled the phone away to check the screen. Eileen had hung up. Zoe scoffed and threw her phone in the seat beside her. Leaving early wasn't enough. She wasn't due in until Wednesday. Eileen wanted her there tomorrow, a day sooner. That meant driving through the night, no stops except for fuel and coffee. Snowflakes fell in bigger clusters now, and Zoe had to turn up the speed of her wipers. Cranking the music, displaying over her stereo, Zoe sang loud to help keep herself awake. Christmas songs always helped her find peace and hope when it seemed like there was none. She pushed her car on faster into the wintry night. In her gut, she knew it was risky, but to keep a good-paying job with benefits was worth a little white-knuckle driving in her mind. For Gracie. Zoe switched her headlights to high beams. The girl hadn't been her assistant for more than a few months. Zoe remembered being new at the company and struggling to figure everything out for almost the first year. She felt terrible for what Gracie endured in her absence. Just over an hour into Wyoming, Zoe heard her phone ring. She leaned her head back and groaned at the roof of the car. Can't you all just leave me alone? Zoe and Bree were from a modest town and grew up lower middle class. They didn't have money for many extra things and spent more of their time together than apart. Lately, Zoe felt like family time didn't matter to anyone but them. It clearly wasn't important to her boss. Eileen never took days off. The phone's racket continued. Zoe fumbled for the phone in the dark. It wasn't on the seat. Must have bounced off. Zoe leaned over, searching the floorboards and the slot between the seat and the console with no luck. Her car wiggled loosely on the road. Zoe's heart beat faster, and she let off the accelerator. She straightened and squinted, searching for the lines. Tracks of the previous vehicle were clouding with snow, the road's shoulders already stacking up with white berms. Her studded tires were no longer enough, not if there was black ice beneath the snow. Better slow down for a bit. A deer climbed up on the road in the distance, its rack crusted with snow. Zoe hit her brakes on instinct. The car broke into a spin. Zoe screeched and tried to keep the wheels pointing forward as she barreled toward the buck. She honked frantically and pumped the brakes as her father had taught her, 
Nothing worked. Please don't hit him. Please don't hit him. The edge of the road flew at the driver's side. Zoe's stomach lifted into her throat as the car slid down the embankment. She braced herself on the roof. Something metal squealed as it scraped the side of her car. Items tumbled over her floorboards. The snowy bank tilted in her headlights. When the car stopped, Zoe pressed a hand to her chest and gasped for breath. Fence posts appeared before her, barbed wire stretched between them. The surface of the road was higher than the roof of her car. She knew she had to try to climb out if she wanted to spend the night somewhere other than the ditch. Zoe pressed the gas pedal. The engine hummed louder, yet the car didn't budge. She tried again with no luck. Zoe zipped up her coat, pulled her hood over her head, and grabbed her gloves from her purse. Pushing the door open, she climbed out onto the hillside. In the lights of her car, she surveyed the snowy mess and threw her hands in the air. Her sedan was buried. There was no way she was getting out without a tow. Stumbling back to her car in the blizzard, she dug around on the floorboards for her phone. She found it wedged between the seat and the passenger door. Finding the closest tow company, she called them. A man named Anson picked up the phone. I'm sorry, ma'am. Soonest we can get you out is tomorrow after the storm has passed. That is, if the plow can make it through. Might be a few days. Heard they're stuck out east of town. This sure is a nasty storm. What mile marker did you say you were by? Zoe hiked up the road, slipping in the snow until she resorted to climbing on all fours. Standing up at the top, she searched both directions, unable to see anything but a faint, flat surface beneath her in the dark. Even the buck was gone. She covered her mouth, stifling a cry. She had never been stranded in the middle of nowhere before. Definitely not in a storm. I don't know. I can't see them in this whiteout. I'm west of Fort Bridger, but not sure what side of the highway I'm on. My GPS won't load. It just keeps spinning. I hear you. Not good service out there. The phone crackled with a bad connection. I'll give Cliff a heads up. Uh, generally, generally where your car's at. Soon as the plow's through, we'll look for you. Just get some warm and safe. We'll call you when your car's ready. Thank you, Zoe said, hoping he could hear her over the storm. Zoe tried every hotel in nearby towns with no luck. It seemed everyone was traveling that week. She grumbled, probably going to Christmas with their families instead of leaving for work. Zoe climbed in her car and rubbed her cold hands together in one last bit of heat before turning off her motor. Spending the night or longer in her car while she waited for someone to pull her out made her nervous. All she had was a single blanket and a road flare. She considered getting a taxi to town to sit in a coffee shop somewhere warm for a few hours before heading back out into the snow. But if the tow trucks aren't running in this, taxis probably aren't either. Zoe stifled a sniffle and reached into her back seat for the rolled-up blanket. I can do this. I have to. She thought about calling Brielle and Brian. They had a truck. And risk him getting stuck too, away from his family? Zoe gritted her teeth. No chance. Zoe heaved herself over the console and got wrapped up for the night. As she settled down on the tilted seat, the car shifted. Zoe tucked up into a ball and squeezed her eyes shut. The car groaned and tipped onto its side. 
Zoe tumbled into the door. Her car would likely need a lot of costly repairs. That was going to be hard to pay for if she didn't have a job. Snatching up her phone, she called Kurt. He didn't answer. She sent him a text, saying she was stranded and ended up in a ditch. A moment later, her phone rang. Eileen was calling. Zoe winced in anticipation and answered. Yes, ma'am? How can you be so irresponsible? I need you here. I don't care what it costs. Be here tomorrow. Ma'am, I can't. I'm stranded and Eileen cut her off. I pay you to work, not make snow angels. That's the contract you signed. Figure it out. The line clicked and quieted. Zoe shivered and squeezed her phone. She clutched her head as tears broke free. She lived to help others, but couldn't always seem to put that high enough on the priority list for anyone's satisfaction, especially her own. Zoe wished she could find a job she liked in a place she liked, somewhere near her family. There was always someone more qualified for the job she wanted in the areas she preferred, so she stayed put. In hell. Cold air crept through the folds of the blanket, steam clouded in front of her nose. Zoe shivered. Brielle was right. Her job in Denver wasn't worth sitting there freezing because she felt obligated to push her pace while getting a guilt trip from her boss. Soft snorts accompanied by heavy footfalls neared her car. In a panic, thinking her car was going to be rammed by a longhorn steer or a bison or whatever the fence kept in out there, Zoe stood on her door and lifted the one above her like a hatch. Peeking out, she saw a shadow shift in the darkness. It was large but calm in its movements. Hello? A deep voice called out. Is someone in there? Hi, Zoe shouted over the wind. Yes, I'm stuck. Do you know of anywhere I can stay instead of here? They might not be able to pull me out for a few days and all the hotels are full. I'm freezing. The silhouette of a man moved from somewhere high to the ground. A beam of light swept over her. I know a place. Get your things, only what you need. He gestured a size of a backpack in his hands. Zoe couldn't see his face beneath his cowboy hat and worried who she might have entrusted with her life. His tone was honest, though strained. Just a small duffel bag in my purse. His tall figure came closer. Lifting the door for Zoe, he waved for her to climb out. Zoe set her bags outside and, using the seat like a step, hauled herself through. She slipped on the snow-covered metal and slid off, face-planting in the snow. Zoe sniffled and got herself back onto her feet. When she searched for the stranger, she saw him near the shadow of an animal lift shifting ahead of her. With her bag slung across her back, she stumbled toward it. The man climbed up. Icy wind bit at her cheeks and blew her hood off of her head. Wintry flakes swirled through the faintest of light from the flashlight the man carried. Zoe felt like she stood in an angry snow globe, shaken by a child who'd had too much candy. The man snatched the shoulder of her coat. Give me your hand, he shouted above the horse. The stranger freed his foot from the stirrup. Zoe took his hand and stepped in the stirrup. He hoisted her up behind him on the horse. Then he took her arms and pulled them around his waist. Hang on! Zoe wasn't comfortable holding a stranger so close. When the horse started moving beneath her, sending her wobbling in the seat, she changed her mind and clutched him tight. Snow caught in her hair and caked to their coats. 
She blinked hard, trying to see in the darkness, his faint light blurred by the storm. Zoe wondered how he could find his way to wherever they were going. She couldn't see a landmark or a trail in the night. Zoe had to trust this man if she wanted to survive. Maybe, if she could get somewhere warm tonight, she could find transportation tomorrow. As long as he isn't a controlling creep. Yet the firm body she pressed herself to made her forget everything but the sway of their bodies. This man smelled of pine trees and warm flannel. He didn't have to stop whatever he was doing to help her. He didn't have to offer her a place. Even if he only let her sleep with the horses, it'd be better than risking hypothermia in her busted-up car. Zoe promised him, as they rode on through the storm, that she would repay his kindness in whatever way she could. He deserved that much, at least.